Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchett, your host out here in Las Vegas. Your other host is in, in Denver, um, Mile High City. What's going on out there, James Salinas? How are you? Well, I was planning to go to the Rockies game out here, but there's no fastballs in Denver today. It's the snowball strictly. Game's been canceled. It's going to snow tonight here, Pritch. Mid-May, snowstorm. Here we go. I can't Love believe it. In the Rockies. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. it. You can count on uh, it. After- it happens. It happens every year. Yeah. We're used to it out here. You yeah, can it's count not on- cold. It just snows. So, okay. But no baseball tonight. Sure. No baseball for the Rock. So if you're looking at that one, scratch that one. It is no longer on the board due to snow. I was looking forward to that, too. Actually, the Padres uh, in uh, the Mile High City facing the Rockies, but postponed, like you mentioned, because of snow. Um, you could count on those afternoon thunderstorms. But I guess here in the month of May, uh, we can count on some snow activity as well now. Yeah, absolutely. This is <laughs> this is par for it. And then it, it rolls out of here and it melts right away. And yeah. then we'll probably have we'll see. Actually, we'll see if that babe, they're scheduled to play tomorrow as well, obviously, with the, the new series with the Padres coming into town. But we'll see if that one actually gets played because it is supposed to snow overnight through the morning tomorrow. So remains to be seen what tomorrow looks like. But yeah, absolutely. Okay. No uh no baseball today, but we'll have some fun making some snowmen and firing some <laughs> if it sticks, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um we're gonna preview Major League Baseball in a second, but just updating some news and notes from the National Football League. Uh, it's official. I believe uh, the Jaguars have signed Tim Tebow, tight end, Team Tim Tebow to a one-year contract. James, what do you make of that? I'm checking right now on our BetMGM app, Pritch, just to see those future odds for Jacksonville. They must be spiraling down. You missed all the value now. If you were, <laughs> if you were pre, if you were pre Tebow signing with the Jaguars, when's the last time has he been out of the league? For I mean, he was here about a decade ago here in Denver, right? Yeah, as a quarterback. But it's been like a de- uh, almost a decade since he's played. I don't know. Where, I I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it doesn't move. It's not going to move my where I thought. That that this team stood as far as going into this season. A lot of holes to fill. They filled their quarterback position, did the Jacksonville Jaguars through the draft. So they've got that solidified, at least going into the season. But lots of other holes on that roster. I don't know if tight end was really that big of a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking that Tebow hasn't played in the NFL in nearly a decade. I don't, it's, is part of this, do you suspect, maybe also uh, some, some marketing and some ticket sales? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, definitely ticket sales, marketing for sure. Uh, that reason to Urban Meyer. They're kind of reunited right there. Um, I mean, they're expecting to try to sell a lot of tickets out there in Jacksonville. Now, here's where it gets interesting, though. Uh, Jags win total six and a half teams. Uh, can you see Tim Tebow having a Taysom Hill kind of effect on this football team, though? He's the ultimate Taysom Hill, if you ask me just thinking that he hasn't played in almost a decade. Okay. I mean, now he's, he's a great new, athlete, he's, though. He's a great athlete. Yeah. You're, you know when he steps on the field, he is going to be in the best shape that he can possibly mm-hmm. be in, and he's going to give 100% right. every down. He's going to give the effort. That's that's. There's no question there, but you know he's, ten in a sense, nine years removed from the NFL. I mean, you, you lose a step pretty quickly in the NFL. We see it decline fast, so I know he'll come in shape, give great effort, but what can he actually do on the field? Plus, he's play in a different position now if you do and they run some packages in there i don't wouldn't worry too much okay if you want to run him you want to put him back there if where's the defense are we worried about him throwing the ball over the top 
because he wasn't able to do that in the past. Why would he do that now a decade later? I, I think it's maybe short yardage situations, right? right. If it's a fourth or a third, maybe a third down where you might have a third and two and you have the threat of, the, of an RPO. But outside of that, yeah, maybe some specialty packages for Tebow stepping in there in certain situations, yardage, goal to go down situations, those types of things. But outside of that, I mean, he's playing a different position if they're signing him to play tight end. Uh, I think we'll see a lot more blocking out of Tebow than what we'll see actually actually catching the football. So no playmaking ability there, Tim Tebow, because the reason why I ask, I mean, uh, you think of Taysom Hill, he, he's more impactful, James, uh, catching the football, running the football than he is throwing the football out there with New Orleans. And, uh, you know, Tim Tebow, yeah, throwing the football, no. Catching, running it, the passion that he has for the game, though, uh, that could be impactful. I mean, you, you have him and you have, you have a ton of leadership on, on that team, that young team out there in Jacksonville right now on the field. So it'd be, it'll be interesting. Uh, Stephanie informed me that 2015 practice squad with the Eagles was the last time uh, Tim Tebow put on a football uniform. Um, so there you have it right there. Uh, Tim Tebow uh, about to sign. All indicators are pointing to the fact that he's going to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Practice squad. Huh? That was the last time six years. <laughs> That's quarterback. Ago. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. They need to do whatever they got to do down there in Jacksonville to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. They that I they were they. I mean, they're just a handful of years removed right from being in the AFC Championship game and having the lead in that AFC Championship game up in New England, coming back, beating Pittsburgh, beating Pittsburgh in the playoffs. That was really riding that defense is what it was. Terrific defense. I mean, such a makeover now with this team and even with those playoff games, struggle to put fans in the seats and sell that stadium out. So they got a lot of work to to do down there to to reengage the the fan base, whatever that fan base is down in Jacksonville, to try to get them in through the turnstiles and into the seats and support their team. And if it takes Tim Tebow to help sell that sell those season tickets, then you got to do what you got to do. But as far as performance on the field, it's not going to have any impact on how I'm going to view the Jaguars going into this season. Okay, then a Colts sign uh, tackle Eric Fisher, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, to a one year contract, nine point four million dollars right there, James. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports, uh, reports that there's a chance the Colts, uh, Eric Fisher, his Achilles, he won't be ready until October. Still $9.4 million. Well, he, uh, he got hurt. He got hurt. Well, he has the AFC Championship game. He got hurt against the Bills, right? So that we're talking towards the latter part of January when he went down for the season. So somebody who's got to be 30, he's got to be 30. He's been in the league for eight, nine years now. I think for Fisher, what can he actually do if and when he comes back in midseason, potentially? Maybe it's more so some insurance on that left side since Costanzo is gone now and has retired from the Colts. And, you know, he's not going to, obviously, with Fisher, it's going to be a work in progress for getting him back on the field. That's, I honestly think that you're talking about October. Pritch for potentially seeing Fisher on the field. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, I think that's a bit optimistic. Is that optimistic? Okay, not going to help the Colts. They gave him nine point four million dollars right there too. So uh, maybe it shows you the signs of desperation where the Colts in their offensive line uh, and what they need to do. Now Carson Wentz not as mobile as he once was, and uh, you look at the Colts right now um, in terms of their chances, uh, James, in that division. Uh, whether they, people are, are projecting them to be the favorites or not, the Titans kind of regression. In there. Uh, the Jaguars, we just talked about them. The Texans, uh, they're a mess. Uh, so this is for the Colts to win uh, as long as they don't mess it up. Th- thinking about that schedule, too. I mean, 
it, you know, it is, uh, it's really, to me, it's the weakest division in all of football from top to bottom, right, is the AFC South. You mentioned the Jaguars and the Texans and, <laughs> and a one-win team and the, and the Jaguars, and right now the Texans' win total was, I think it was four and a half. I've seen it at four. Not a whole lot of expectations going out of the tech, coming out of the Texans' camp, especially big question marks at the quarterback position. So, yeah, I do. I think, I think the Titans are, we've seen the ceiling for the Titans. A lot of holes on the defensive side, too, but I think the offense, uh, we, we We've, we know you know what their identity is, and I think we've seen the, as far as they're going to go. We saw it in the playoffs last year against the Ravens, really stacked the box against Henry, took away the running game, and they struggled to move the football consistently down the field because of it. Uh, yeah, to me, this is the Colts' division to lose, and left tackle's really the biggest question mark on that offense. Yeah, you mentioned Wentz and the mobility piece. Yeah, I think with, with Frank Wright getting back together with Wentz, I think that's that's something that, that's going to be interesting. I know he they had a good relationship with when they were there in Philly, or at least when Reich was there in Philly with them. So, I, I, I mean, w- think about last year at the quarterback position for the Colts. And <laughs> is that a, is, is Wentz going to be an upgrade, uh, even though he's not <laughs> as mobile as what he once was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about the least mobile quarterback maybe in the history of the NFL, <laughs> and you're talking about Phillip Rivers yeah. standing back there. So uh, this is a huge upgrade when it comes to any kind of mobility, even though Wentz, yes, through all the injuries that he's suffered, uh, just the really how reckless he played with his body out there getting banged up over the, the first few years. It seems like Wentz has been around for a long time. He's only been in the league a handful of years, right, Pritch? But yeah. he suffered some pretty significant injuries really based on how he plays as well he's been hit a lot James he's been through a lot out there uh, as a quarterback uh, in the National Football League early in his career so we'll see what happens there Uh, turning our attention to Major League Baseball James I've noticed something that I wondered uh, about I wanted to ask you about what when it comes to Major League Baseball uh, fans in the stands home field advantage I'm watching the Braves uh, and the Phillies uh, and that place was I'm not going to say jam-packed but there's a lot of folks there uh, without mask and everything, and it, it felt like there was a distinct home field advantage for the Braves on Mother's Day uh, against the Phillies. So are you starting to cap that uh, as you look around Major League Baseball and notice more fans in the stands? I'm really trying to cap bullpens right now, and I'm not being very successful at it. Rich, that's the issue for me. Okay. I don't care whether there's any fans in the stands right now. The 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 biggest problem is trying to cap, when we're talking about Major League Baseball, trying to cap a nine-inning contest if we're looking to play a full game. That's still really the challenge with the state of bullpens across across Major League Baseball yeah. right now. So I, I think with, and especially a game like that, it's Mother's Day, it's Sunday night, you know, it's, it's the, the sun is down, the lights are on and just kind of brings up the intensity level. Did you ever feel that? Just let me ask you as a, as now in the NFL stadiums, for the most part, most NFL stadiums were always jam packed and mm-hmm. great energy in those and within the arenas or in the dome. You played in the dome too. But when the lights went on and the sun went down, did it feel like there was a little extra, little extra edge of motivation, just feeling like, all right, the bright lights are on us. Let's go out there and shine. Oh, absolutely. I, I think uh, anytime you're out there performing, uh, you feel that you get that adrenaline but James the, the fans they do make a difference um, I'm here to tell you at home uh, away uh, it, it does you feel the impact and I'm just wondering from a baseball standpoint because it just looked like the Braves players uh, did, did just had a little bit more energy uh, than the Phillies. I mean, some of the bats uh, from Philadelphia, uh, they weren't inspiring, uh, but certainly at the plate at the dish for the Braves uh, it, it just looked like they had a little bit more energy out there 
Rich, you can speak to the fact that, yeah, players are going to feed off the home crowd, right, and feed mm-hmm. off that energy as long as those cl- crowds are engaged as well. That's right. the other piece, too. I've been to plenty of games just down the street from me here at Coors Field in Denver to go watch the Rockies. If you bl- if you put if you told half the if you put your a blindfold on during the game and you told everybody ask the ask the Rockies fans that are sitting in those stands during that game who are the Rockies playing right now half of them wouldn't even be able to tell you they're not engaged with <laughs> right. them. No, I'm serious they're yeah, not engaged you. in the games mm-hmm. they're not they're they're up on deck. that rooftop deck yeah and it's a party deck up there I mean it's it's great it's great to be I, and I love going out there but we get engaged with the games I take my little guy out there and we love baseball and we get engaged watching the game we're not, we don't get too we're not too steam headed where we're sitting there keeping score and we're at the scorebook but you know, we get engaged in the game and appreciate going to a live Major League Baseball game, but that's almost the exception here in Colorado, and I think at a number of other stadiums, that is also the norm, too, where it's less engagement. It's more social time mm-hmm. to get out. It's summertime, get outside, uh, you know, have a have a couple cold ones and enjoy being at the ballpark, but you really, to really be engaged, and I think for the, the players to feed off the fan energy, it, it's reciprocated. The fans have to deliver that energy, right. too, for, the, for it to really impact those players, right? Uh, yep. Let's get to Boston and Baltimore here. Um, uh, Baltimore in danger of being swept uh, at home. Uh, they are plus 128. The total is nine uh, against the Red Sox here, James. Short card today, mm-hmm. Pritch, and uh, with the with the Rockies game off the board too. I think we're down to. I've only got a couple games on the on the list here, but looking at the Red Sox, they're going for that four game sweep in Baltimore. They already swept Baltimore in a three game set last month in April, and they got to finish off that sweep against our ba- our favorite batting practice pitcher is back up. You know who that is, <laughs> Pritch. It's Jorge Lopez. We fired against him a few times this year and been very successful catching cashing tickets against him. Now that game, I remember that game clearly. That was a Sunday. Sunday, early Sunday game, uh, and I th- I, we bet at first five, and mm-hmm. we bet the team total there as well, and they jumped all over Lopez. They hit a couple balls over the fence. Both were hit the other way. I mean, J.D. Martinez hit the ball the other way. So that's where I'm looking here because I know we have with, with Perez on the mound for the Red Sox. You know, I, I favor the Red Sox in this spot, but Perez is not one that I that I truly trust. So looking more so just at this Red Sox team total sitting at four and a half. It's juiced to a dollar twenty. But with our our batting practice friend up there for on the on the mound for the Orioles with Lopez, I'm going to back the Boston team total and bet the over four and a half laying a dollar twenty. Okay, uh, team total four and a half. Okay, dollar twenty. I like that uh, angle actually. I mean, I was looking at that total, but uh, maybe too high there. Um, let's get to another game, the Angels uh, and the Astros, uh, James. Uh, Angels, uh, one of those teams, this total is elevated to nine and a half. Uh, Houston minus 165 at home. So I'm looking because when I was looking at these earlier, we didn't have a starting pitcher right. listed for the Angels. So I'm digging that up now. And it's still sitting here. I don't see. I still don't have one out here. I do have a number out here, though. I didn't have this game was not on the board before. Right now I have the Astros laying a dollar sixty. I know Luis Garcia is going to start today for the Astros. Now he's only made it through five innings twice mm-hmm. in six starts. So not a pitcher I'm ready to trust right now here. But I still don't have a number. I don't have a uh, the total sitting at nine and a half, but I don't have a listed pitcher. Do you have a listed pitcher? Um, I'm searching as well. It's still not started. It's still not start. I still don't have it listed on, on my site right now. Uh, Suarez, perhaps. 
Maybe and maybe that's if that's yeah. the case, he's really going to be an opener. And right. If he's an opener, we're it's going to it's bullpen. probably going to it's going to be a honestly this is going to be a bullpen game for yeah. both of these teams. With what we've seen out of Luis Garcia, he's not expected to go very long. We've seen it already. He hasn't done that too many times early in the season for the Astros and both these lineups. Although we didn't really see it out of the Angels, kind of struggled to hit the baseball. It, you know they were able to to take that win down over Trevor Bauer yesterday, but still only scratched out two runs in that in that win over the. Over the, over the Dodgers. Maybe they're happy to get away from from Los Angeles because they did not play well. <laughs> Two and five on their recent on their homestand. There, maybe better off to go uh, play division rival Astros. Yeah, we're going to have uh, Adam Burke on the program a little bit later. He's going to help us out with more baseball. Uh, but we're going to turn our attention to the National Football League again because of the NFL running backs, uh, the impact of rookie running backs. We're going to break that down with over under props. It's coming up next. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Be sure to have that state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the -the state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you on the program. It's betting across America right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. James, so rookie running backs, uh, the impact. We saw two get selected in the first round of this year's draft. Um, Najee Harris, I mean, he's a phenomenal running back, and but yet... You still need an offensive line. Mike Munchak is now out there uh, in Denver. We're going to talk about Javante Williams, but your, your thoughts on Najee Harris, 949.5 over under, uh, minus 110, the over, minus 110, the under as well, rushing yards. Pittsburgh offensive line is in complete transition. Like mm-hmm. Lost three starters from last year and, and two longtime starters, veteran leaders on that offense. We saw a shift in identity for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year when it came with Big Ben coming back after his offseason surgery. What was that going to look like to the passing game? We know he loves to get it out there and sling it down the field, but did not have the accuracy or the arm strength to get it down the field like he had, like he had been used to doing. Yeah. You know, pre-surgery there. So a lot of short passes, and that really substituted for their running game last year. Now think about, you talked about the offensive line, that we know it's in transition. And with Najee Harris, they're almost, well, that's almost uh, just a tick under 
what, 949, almost 950 yards? Mm -hmm. That seems pretty lofty there, Pritch, when defenses now can stack the box up. Not so much because it's to stop the run. It's really to to take away the short passing game because I think defenses clearly know. You go back, whether you played him last year or you watched him on film of what Big Big can do and can't do, he cannot throw the ball downfield consistently with any sense of accuracy or, or even velocity at this point. You can stack that box up and take away that short passing game because I just don't know if there's much of a threat for the over-the-top passing game with Big Ben anymore, and that's really going to be impactful on that running game as well. Yeah, James, I think uh, when you look at these uh, rushing totals, though, it's 17 regular season games now. Um, so that drops the average to right around 55 and a half yards per game. Uh, if Najee Harris were to do that, like 55 and a half yards, 55.85 uh, yards per game. Uh, so if he's healthy for 17 games, can he get 55 Let's call it 56 yards a game rushing because that'll take him over. That's the if. There was the big <laughs> right. if. If he's healthy for 17 games, mm -hmm. that's it. Yes, you have one more game. Add a game to the schedule. All teams do that can help inflate some of these statistics. So, well, it'll be interesting to see right now with with some of these numbers like the 2,000 yard rushing. Uh, that's always kind of been the the target point for running backs, right? It was so hard to achieve. Now with 17 games, what does that do to these numbers? But you also think about yes, it, it helps. It, it can help pad some numbers statistically. But that's an other. That's an extra game now for you to go out there and get banged up and miss more games subsequently. So I look at it that way. I'm more so inclined to think 17 games with a lot of these different props, uh, especially rushing the football, those types of things. That I'm going to be looking more so at playing unders because I just think the the especially with running backs too. Right. You see this, it's hard for these running backs to stay healthy. Now you're going to plug a rookie back there to do that, as well as a number of rookies up front on a new rebuilt offensive line and a lack of a extended over-the-top passing game, teams are going to be stacking that box both to take away the short passing game, and they're going to be right there to stuff the run as well. Same thinking with uh, Javante Williams. Like I mentioned, Munchak's out there. He's a Hall of Famer, uh, certainly from a player standpoint. Coach, he's one of the better <laughs> offensive line coaches. Um, they do have some offensive line issues, in particular at right tackle. Uh, you know, Shermer, he's a three-wide receiver type of guy, but Williams, he's a phenomenal player. I think he takes over that starting running back job out there in Denver, James. Uh, your thoughts, 70, 49 and a half to total uh, over minus 110, over, uh, under minus 110 as well. Melvin Gordon, the feature back, but now, number one, can he stay healthy for a whole season? Here's another game for him not to be able to get banged up out there. Plus, he puts the ball on the ground. We saw that in a few games last year, and especially midway through the season, it started to lose confidence in, in giving him additional touches. So I can see that one. I kind of like where you're leaning here with Javante Williams at the over. Fresh legs, young legs coming in, and, and especially as the season starts to progress and he gets a little more comfortable with the NFL game, I think that's where having that 17th game will be impactful because he's not going to be getting as many touches early in the season. I could see that sitting there at 750. I'd be looking at the over. Yeah, uh, 44 yards per game. That's all he has to do to go over that one. 45 yards if you want to round it up. Uh, coming up, uh, some angles in the NBA that are working, including motivation. Uh, that's coming up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
Did you know vcin.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight? Track the line movements and live charts. Get estimated scores for every matchup and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. Whether it's a line move or insight from Josh Applebaum or last-minute NBA injury information from Jonathan Von Tobel, our experts give you the necessary data on vcin.com slash NBA, vcin.com slash NHL, or vcin.com slash MLB. You can use our parlay calculator to fill, uh, figure out par- uh, payouts and get all of our betting one-on-one info, including definitions of betting terms we use right here on the Sports Betting Network. Start your day's sports betting research for free at vcin.com. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. We are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. Uh, James, the NBA, I mentioned motivation. I think there's some motivation in some of these games uh, down the stretch here. Uh, Indiana, they're trying to hang on to that 10th spot uh, in the Eastern Conference. They got the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are eliminated right now, James. Uh, Cleveland at home, uh, they're plus nine. 229 uh, is the total. Enough motivation for Indy uh, in this one to lay nine points? What are you thinking? For Indy, for sure. Right, they're just they they have not been playing well as of late the last few weeks, and and I know they've had to try to work new play. They've had some injuries, and Brogdon's been banged up. He's their best best definitely their best on ball defender, and in and out of the lineup for a while. And I just feel like the Pacers for me, Pritch, have been a team I've really struggled to to get a good read on all season long, probably because they've just been so up and down all season long, and really kind of just not a consi- not bringing consistent effort each night. And but talk about teams that aren't bringing any effort anymore. You talk. <laughs> about the motivation that would uh, check the box right there Cleveland Cavaliers and you know one of those things I try to find too sometimes you get hammered and the next night out or the next game out you're looking for some redemption right some competitive pride professional pride to right. step out there that's what we're not seeing out of the Cavs right now and you know it's not a good team and we know they're clearly moving on to next year and they've dealt with a lot of injuries this season too but young team that's still working through uh, what their roster is going to look like come next season but these last three games it's one thing to get out there and, and get run off the floor and then bounce back and, and try to get out there and be a professional. They've lost 10 straight. That's going to happen for the Cavs. Been a really tough second half of the season for them too. But here's their last three games, Pritch. Where's the competitive pride here? Losing by last night by 27, <laughs> 20 points the night before and 36 points a couple days ago. So not really seeing a lot of competitive pride. I don't want to lay nine with the Pacers in any game, yeah. regardless of who they're playing there, even if it's the, a bad Cavs team right now. But uh, it's, it's only Indiana Indiana, or nothing for me. I don't want anything to do with this Cleveland team. They're clearly ready to, to mail in the season. Yeah, good point about Indiana. I have not had a, um, a gauge on them all year, to be honest with you, uh, James. I thought I did for a while. I, I cashed a ticket on them a few weeks ago, but uh, I'm not touching that one either. How about Washington uh, and Atlanta? So here you got the Wizards, who are motivated, certainly. Uh, they're catching eight points on the road against the uh, Hawks. 237 and a half is a total. Westbrook uh, is playing out of his mind, including defensively, James. I I think he's uh, added some inspiration to this lineup as well. No Bradley Beal tonight. Yeah. He got banged up in that over OT win over Indy the other day. He's out with a hamstring injury. That's going to be crucial, not only for the, obviously not being there tonight, but how long is he going to be out with the with the plan? Because now mm-hmm. Washington, they've won seven out of ten. These last few weeks played very well. They've worked themselves in. I mean, they're they've solidified themselves. They have a, they're sitting in the nine spot right now of the play-in piece, and they've got a three-game lead over the Bulls with the Pacers now trailing the the Wizards. That was a big pivot 
pivotal game for those two the other night. Here, I think that's just the struggle right now. The other part, too, is if you look at that Wizards schedule, I know Westbrook's been bringing it. He just tied the big O as far as most triple doubles in league history, so mm -hmm. good for him there. But look at this schedule. This could be a kind of a tired team as far as the Wizards going into Atlanta tonight. Seventh game in the last 11 days of which six of those were on the road, including back-to-back -back games of overtime wins, overtime contests. So could be really a tax team right here, especially with Beal out. We know Westbrook's going to bring the effort, but I like where the Hawks have been, and the Hawks are still, they got plenty to play for. They're sitting a game behind the Knicks right now for that fourth spot in the East, playing very well recently, starting to get healthy. I think they're going to welcome DeAndre Hunter back onto the court tonight too. Now, obviously spot minutes, and he's been in and out of the lineup. He had uh, mid-season knee surgery. I think he came back a little too early. Coming back tonight, start to play. But I think Atlanta is starting to round themselves. They're getting healthy, playing very well, very competitively here. This might be a really uh, one of those games where the Wizards come second half. I might be looking for an in-game or maybe a second half play here because I think the Wizards will bring the energy early. But ultimately, the Hawks have a lot to play for too. We may see the Wizards start to fade in that second half just due to the house tough their schedule's been this last week and a half. Right, you got the Hawks uh, with 68 games. Uh, they're two games uh, and in front of that play-in situation. Uh, and then the Wizards, uh, 68 games as well. Uh, they're hanging on uh, with the ninth seed right now uh, with Indiana uh, right behind them. So definitely motivation in that matchup right there. Pelicans and Grizzlies, uh, what do you think of this game, uh, this matchup? Uh, coaches are screaming, uh, Zion, he's not getting calls or he's getting murdered down there, James. So obviously a cry uh, for more fouls uh, for Zion out there on the court. I played the under here. I took it at 2.30. Under 2.30. was actually surprised at the, the Pelicans and the effort. I shouldn't say surprised, but we know that with Zion being out with his finger and I'm not sure even if they make the play-in or make the playoffs, if he's even going to be back for that. It kind of sounds like he's done for the season yeah. with the severity of his injury. Uh, but also Brandon Ingram, he's doubtful again, hasn't played for the last few games with an ankle injury. But people, the players have rallied. I mean, they had a big win yesterday against Charlotte. And really, and Friday night really played a tough competitive game against the 76ers, a 76ers team where it was questionable whether Embiid was going to play or not. He did play, and he played significant minutes. It was a tight competitive game, So, but it was really the defensive side. Now, you're thinking about Williamson being out as well as Ingram. That's a lot of firepower being taken off the court to be able to put the ball in the basket for one. Now we're seeing more of an emphasis on def defending for the Pelicans because uh, they got to work there. They're working the shot clock more and having to work for better shots. So I took the under here looking at this side here for the Grizzlies. They can actually clinch one of those play in spots tonight with the win. Grizzlies are, are uh, a very they're a very athletic team. They like to get out and transition and run, but they're not a great three point shooting team. That is the weakness of the Pelicans is defending that three point defending the perimeter and giving up three point shots strength against weakness weakness against weakness for both these teams <laughs> just thinking here at 230 I like the total host I think both teams have plenty to play for tonight uh, and so it's going to start on the defensive side 230 is a big number to me I'll go ahead and bet the under a little bit too late uh, screaming uh, and, and certainly lobbying for Zion uh, if they're going to shut him down which they should uh, the guy yeah. his legs look heavy too uh, to be honest with you James uh, we're going to continue with the NBA because we have some plus money situations uh, when it comes to what we think these teams are going to do uh, throughout the playoffs. And so we're going to break that down. It's coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
BetMGM has a fun way to join sports betting excitement. Win $100 for a $1 wager on either the Bucks or Spurs to hit a three. Just use bonus code VSIN100 and get in the ring with the king of sportsbooks. Simply download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more information and details and use promo code VSIN100. It's a new customer offer, paid and free bets. Must be 21 years or older. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West, West Virginia excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you here on Betting Across America. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, James, um, plus money situations with some of these teams in the NBA uh, as we are approaching the playoffs. Now, keeping in mind, at least I do, that the playoffs is an entirely different season than the regular season. And we know that basketball in the NBA changes when you get to the playoffs. So, uh, your thoughts on these teams in these betting situations with the Nets uh, to win the championship right now, they're plus 240. To lose in, in the finals, they're plus 375. Uh, to lose in the conference finals, plus 450. Lose in the conference semifinals, plus 325. In the first round, uh, if they lose, they're plus 300. Your thoughts? I don't like the Nets to win the championship to start. So let's scratch that first one off the top right there. Win the championship plus 240. Where Not a good number there to begin with as far as uh, any kind of extracting any kind of value out of out of a future bet right now. But as far as the Nets are concerned, when is Harden going to come back? And then whenever he does come back, how is how are those how are the big three? Finally, we haven't seen him on the court mm-hmm. very often, right? With Kyrie and, and KD. And we know when Harden was on the court, whether he was with the two of them or or running solo or with Kyrie, he was really the facilitator, but he's been out for a while. It's going to take him some some time whenever he does get back, not only get his competitive legs back under him, but then start to reacclimate himself with his teammates because they just haven't played together. So now to say that they're going to step out on the court and then do it in the playoffs, you mentioned, yeah, completely different. It's a totally different game when we get to the NBA playoffs, especially as you start to grind deeper into the, into the playoffs. The other thing that, that we got to keep in mind, too, this is not going to be how the bubble was where I think a team like the Lakers got to take advantage of not having to travel, right? You got right. to live there, just live on campus and show up at the arena and go back, go back to your hotel and kick it. And before the next, until the next game, you're going to have to travel. So what is that going to do to these players that are nursing and suffering through some injuries too? So maybe if you look down here, I don't think they win the championship, but I don't think they get to the finals either. Maybe it's better where, whether it's the, whether it's the, the semifinals or the conference finals i think if you take a piece of both of those if if they fall short somewhere because i think they'll move forward in the first round but mm-hmm. from there i don't know if i like their chances to get through the semis and if they do even get through the conference finals so maybe that's where i go here is instead of trying to to find playing one specific you play both and you got plus money on both so you're getting you're going to get some return on your investment as long as they get knocked out in that second or third round right i mean even if they do uh have the three uh, big three on the floor uh what's to say that harden's going to remain healthy uh, throughout the entire playoff season 
Uh, so, I mean, a hamstring's a hamstring, and those things are tough to recover from, certainly. Uh, I like that angle, too. Maybe a piece of, of two situations right there. How about the 76ers, James? To win a championship, they're plus 800 right now. To lose in the finals, they're plus 400. Uh, same thing, losing in the conference finals uh, uh, in the semis, uh, plus 230, plus 280 uh, in the semis. Losing the first round, plus 250. I think Philly, for me, that's the tough one right now because they haven't been there. I mean, they've really uh, – they're they're going to be the number one seed in the East. They've got the lead there. They're going to they, – their schedule is very favorable to close it out. They're going to be the top seed, so they'll have that advantage of being able – really, the, the home court advantage really plays out if you make it all the way to a game seven. So mm-hmm. here for the Sixers, Pritch, I don't really know where I'm going to – where I stand with the Sixers because we just haven't seen this before. How is this going to play out from the regular season into the whole different realm of what playoff intensity basketball looks like how is this team going to perform there we you know didn't it wasn't the same team last year that team was definitely fractured when they rolled into the playoffs and got and just got rolled they gave really very little resistance i think it was boston that just absolutely throttled them through that first round i just don't really have a good read on where i think this sixer team is going to land in these playoffs you know they're going to be the number one seed so they'll have that advantage i may look to kind of play the same piece there whether it's the uh, maybe it's the conference final Finals and or the finals, I think they can get through. That's the other part. We got to see how these top four seeds are finally played out between the Nets and the Bucks. Uh, who's going to be those top three? But I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of stuck on this one here, Chris. Okay. What do you like with the Sixers? Well, they're a top five team uh, in deficiency uh, rating uh, right there. So I mean, offensively, I'm not worried about them scoring uh, certainly. Uh, but as the playoffs become more intense, and we do have that different season uh, in the playoffs within the NBA, uh, if you're a top performing defensive squad, uh, I, I think that could bold well. You got the Lakers on top uh, in terms of that category. That helped them last night against the Suns, as we know. Utah's up there, too, top five. New York, the Knicks, uh, a top five defensive team, too, when it comes to efficiency. So with Philly uh, playing defense uh, and Doc uh, probably back home and, and in a right situation there with that squad, uh, plus 800 to win the championship. Uh, but I, I do like the other angle, though, uh, whether they lose in the finals or, or lose in conference finals. Uh, uh, plus 400 plus 230 right there, but I expect the Sixers uh, to go pretty far here in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think they're going to make the run. It's a matter of can they when it when they. I, I just I think the Nets. I'm, I'm probably the more that we talk about, it, we do this too, right? We start talking ourselves in and have these have these <laughs> right. discussions and open up a little dialogue. Just trying to think about within that Eastern Conference, what is the team that is going to be who could be their tough matchup? I don't I don't think a team like Milwaukee, a team like Milwaukee, we saw what they did last year mm-hmm. and how limited they were and what a great job Spolster did to be able to change their defense within that series. And I think that's the other piece with any of these series, Bridge, is it is a game of adjustments. Right. And coaching is going to matter within these series, seven-game series. And we saw that with Miami really made that great run last year. Is Milwaukee a team that you have concerns with, with the, the Sixers to be able to get past? Because I don't I don't know if I have that many concerns about the Nets being being able to to knock off the Sixers. I kind of – Nets aren't a team that I, I, I'm very high on going into the playoffs here. But what about the Bucks? Do you feel like the Bucks are a team? that can give the Sixers the run and get past them to get to the finals. You know, I wonder about the Bucs uh, from a defensive standpoint. Offensively, they were stagnant. They were stale. Uh, they've kind of changed their ways when it comes to offensive basketball. So uh, they are built for the playoffs, too, I think. Uh, but Giannis, I mean, he's a wild card. If you can find a way to neutralize him, as we saw in the bubble, uh, what else – uh, do the Bucks have? I mean, Holiday, certainly. Uh, they've got some other guys that can step up at times. But I look at the Sixers as being more built 
uh, for the playoffs or a sustained run in the playoffs anyway, uh, more so than the Bucs. Uh, even though the Bucs right now, what, plus 900 to win a championship, uh, plus 600 to lose in the finals. Yeah, so thinking about it, thinking about it from that perspective there with the Sixers, especially the defensive side, and I think that's what I look at with the Sixers too. You talked about their their efficiency rating. I I just I think collectively that team defense we we've seen. I mean, really a great job by by. Doc coming over, and yeah. there was a lot of things that he had to fix in, inside that locker room, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. just performance on the court. It was some friction and some relationship issues that were going on with the previous coach, and and I think that kind of fractured that some relationships within that locker room. He's done a great job of, uh, of really bringing this team together, building some camaraderie and chemistry, yeah. and it starts with, and winning, you know that, Pritch, winning will 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 cure a lot any kind of bad blood. Is If you're winning, it's all fun and games, and you start losing, that's when you kind of becomes business, right? Right. So, I mean, we're seeing that play out the floor, especially defensively. I think that's where that's why they're winning games. It's They do have the ability to be able to put, score, and Embiid's a tough matchup on the floor inside and out, but I think the consistency from the defensive end is what's been most impressive with Philadelphia, the commitment yeah. to playing defense collectively as a team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, totally agree with that. How about the Clippers? Uh, they are plus 500 to win the championship. Uh, playing better, I think, uh, PG. Uh, he's starting to get uh, his notoriety if he even needed any. Uh, Kawhi, you kind of forget about him. Uh, lose to the, in the finals, they're plus 550. Uh, conference finals, plus 400. Uh, lose in the conference semis, plus 225. James, your thoughts? Clippers are just not a team that, you know, they've that on again, off again, a lot of injuries too, and some late season additions, some roster moves. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with Rondo. Haven't really seen him a whole lot, right, with some injuries coming over from Atlanta, but also it was Boogie Cuggins, his cousin's going to make an impact for this mm. team within, you know, down the stretch into the playoffs. I, I just think, I feel like for me, the Clippers, they just haven't had this consistency on the court together due to injuries, due to COVID, due to rest management, right? The load management and the rest that we've seen. Kawhi starting to come back and get healthier, looking like himself there. But he's another one that's susceptible, susceptible to injuries, as is, as is George. Right, he's just, yeah. Paul George is just another one that we've seen a lot of uh, plenty of history history of injuries, and now you're going to be in these grinded out series traveling as well. I just don't think the Clippers are a team that I feel confident to be able to get to the finals there in the West. So, kind of maybe the same kind of approach that we talked about earlier with the Nets situation, whether that's losing the finals plus or not the finals. Excuse me, I don't think they get to the finals. Losing the conference finals at plus four hundred. Now you're not getting as good a price on this one here at plus. 225 as far as the semis go mm-hmm. uh, but if you're looking just to try to squeeze out some squeeze out a profit here and you don't think that the Clippers are going to make it to the finals that's probably again the same kind of route I'd go with those two and at least you're going to be able to if as long as they don't make it the finals and don't get bounced in that first round you've guaranteed yourself some kind of profit absolutely you got timing uh, and pricing uh, on your side right now as a better and I like that uh, with these plus money situations uh, and timing is everything as, as we know as we're about to uh, begin the NBA playoffs uh, in hour number two we're going to get to the NHL playoffs uh, Greg Wyshynski is going to join the program a little bit of news here James um, Jacob deGrom uh, he's going on the IL uh, right side tightness MRI uh, showed no structural damage uh, so they dodged something right there with the Mets and deGrom uh, tremendous player, but he's tight. Uh, give him a, a timeout. Uh, I can agree with that. It's a marathon, not a sprint back in Major League Baseball. Hour number two uh, right here. Come up next right here on v the Sports Betting Network. 